Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, hello. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Live Your Personal Best. Today is part two in our plant-based eating series. And today we are talking with Stephanie, who's a registered dietitian who deals with athletes and specifically runners. And so I really wanted to talk to a dietitian in this series to talk about plant-based eating in the sense of, is it actually as healthy as it seems? Is it healthy for everyone to go on it? Is it healthy for athletes to train while going plant-based? How do you actually make the transition while still keeping a healthy diet? All those questions that you might have. And so I love today's conversation with Stephanie. And as I mentioned in last week's episode, these episodes and just learning about going plant-based or maybe other protein options, you know, this is something that anyone can kind of take into their day-to-day life, not necessarily just if you're planning on going vegan or vegetarian. I know that I'm never going to completely make that switch, or at least I'm not right now, but, you know, just learning about it and especially talking with a dietitian about ways to healthily incorporate it into your day-to-day or how you can start to actually see the effects in your training of plant-based protein versus animal protein is just really insightful. And I think that, you know, the more that you can know about different ways to eat, you can make a more informed decision on what's right for you. So with that, this is part two of our series. Then coming up in the coming weeks, we'll be talking with a plant-based athlete. So someone who is actually training while eating plant-based. And then we'll wrap it up kind of with a summary at the end of March too. So make sure you tune in. And with that, let's get started. What's up and welcome to the Live Your Personal Best podcast. This is the place where I help current and former athletes like you to show up confidently in the gym and in life. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, a former Division I athlete and author of Elite to Everyday Athlete. I'm going to show you how to stay motivated in reaching your goals and how to have more fun doing it. So let's sweat it out and start living your personal best. Hey guys, today we are joined by Stephanie. She's a registered dietitian and fitness coach who is on a mission to reconnect runners with their love of running. She helps frustrated and confused, overwhelmed runners learn how to properly fuel their bodies for better training, working smarter, not harder, and recover faster so they can reach their goals without destroying the relationship with food and exercise. Stephanie, I'm so excited that you're joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. As I kind of mentioned to you before we started this conversation, you know, for this month of March, I'm trying to get, you know, a full look at kind of plant-based eating, becoming a vegetarian, vegan, or just even making more swaps to plant-based versus animal meats. So I'd love to hear your opinion on if you think that this is suitable for athletes too, right? The people that are training every single day and probably more than the general public, like, is this safe for athletes to also do? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, again, like you said, sort of that definition around what is a plant-based diet, because it can mean very different things. So some people will take plant-based to mean vegan, exclusively plant-based, no animal products whatsoever. But you'll also hear some other people use the term plant-based to mean a diet that is 
predominantly plant foods with smaller amounts of animal foods worked in. Now those, those of course in real life can also mean very different things from person to person um, in terms of what we actually choose to put on our plates each day. And I, I think that that's okay, that there may be some very sort of small changes in terms of definition from person to person. We don't all need to eat the same way. So I think in general, you know, absolutely runners can, and, and other athletes, of course, can successfully train and perform on a plant-based diet, but transitioning to an exclusively plant-based diet doesn't necessarily need to be the goal for every single one of us. And there's a few reasons why that might be which we can definitely talk about in more detail. The first one being that some people just don't really like some of the plant-based foods that they would need to, or would be strongly recommended that they consume regularly in order to meet all of their nutrient goals. A couple of examples would be, you know, tofu, kidney beans, black beans, lentils, things like that. I meet lots of people who say they want to go more plant-based. When I bring up these plant protein options, they're like, oh no, no, I don't like those. <laughs> so could they learn to like them? You know, absolutely. I mean, we can all change our tastes and, and we can all learn to enjoy new things with time. But if you know that for you, those are a hard no, that there's there's no way you're going to eat those, there's no way that you like those, then, you know, maybe it is going to be important to be a little bit more flexible with uh, not going to an exclusively plant-based diet. Yeah, no, I, I feel called out a little bit there. I'm, I'm a notoriously picky eater. And so I'll eat like salad for one meal and I'll feel so good. I'm like, why don't I become vegetarian? And then I remember that I don't like beans and all those other things that you just mentioned. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So you really have to think about like, what do I like to eat? What do I enjoy? And maybe you've got a couple of really good plant-based recipes. Like, you know, you've got this really awesome chickpea and kale salad that you love to make and you have that sometimes, but it doesn't need to then come at the expense of eating things that you don't like or completely eliminating all other animal products. Another thing we wanted to consider into consideration would be if someone maybe has like food allergies or food sensitivities, again, making it harder for them to be able to eat all of the plant foods that are strongly encouraged or recommended they consume to meet all those nutrient requirements. So if you have an allergy to say like all nuts and seeds, you know, that can be a really important source of key nutrients for you. If we have to take those out of your diet or maybe if you have celiac disease and you can't have anything with gluten, um, we don't want to maybe continue to add more restriction and get you to a place where it's really hard to meet all of your nutrient goals. And then too, and you know, you can probably speak to this as, you know, just with your experience as an athlete yourself, eating a plant-based diet can also require a lot of nutrition knowledge of like, what foods do you need to make a balanced plant-based diet, especially if you didn't grow up eating that way. You also need to have, you know, maybe more cooking skills and a little bit more knowledge around the kitchen to kind of make those foods into something that you enjoy. Again, for a lot of us who didn't grow up eating those kinds of diets, it, it might just be a lot to ask of, especially our younger athletes who just, you know, maybe don't have those skills just yet. Yeah. So it kind of sounds more like, I want to say like work, right? <laughs> I don't want to be like, it's harder, but it, it definitely takes a lot more consciousness of, okay, I have to plan out more things. I have to be more knowledgeable with what I'm eating, all of that versus just, okay, I'm going to eat how I've always been eating. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I would even argue that 
that is true almost regardless of whether you're going on a plant-based diet or not. Like if you're trying to eat healthier for your sport, if you're trying to be more intentional about your pre and post-workout fueling, trying to make sure that you're getting all the things that you need to be the best athlete you can be, that's going to take practice. It's going to take work. It's going to take knowledge to change those habits. Doing that in the context of also trying to go more plant-based can, you know, add a layer of complication to that or, or add another layer to that especially if you're an athlete who maybe does a lot of traveling for your sport, you're in different places all the time to need to make sure that there's food there that you can eat so that you don't wind up under fueled is also something else you need to plan and prepare for. So it can be done hundred percent for people who are motivated and really want to eat that way. There is, there's nothing that I would say you shouldn't, you know, absolutely. It's, it's um, something we can do, but it's not going to work for everyone. And it doesn't necessarily need to be the goal for everyone. Yeah, no, I love that. And you mentioned there this idea of underfueling. So I think that this big myth, or maybe it's a fact, you're going to let us know, um, around going to plant-based is this idea of like, well, where is your protein coming from, right? Like our first thing is always to the protein. Is that yeah. true that it's like the big focus is on protein or are there other macro or maybe micronutrients that going plant-based, like we should be cautious of? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that protein is definitely something that you want to uh, know where you're getting it from. You know, there are lots of plant-based protein sources that are very close to the amount of protein that we would find in animal foods, um, you know, kind of serving for serving. If you break it down into like a hundred grams of this versus a hundred grams of that, or, you know, sometimes you'll see different resources out there. Those can sometimes be skewed one way or another, but if you kind of look at what we consider a serving of a lot of these foods, they can be pretty equivalent in terms of protein uh, quantity. So it's not that it's difficult, but you're probably gonna need to start enjoying some of those plant proteins. You know, as I mentioned, soy foods. So that would be like including edamame or tofu. It would include things from the beans, lentils, chickpea, we call them pulses, that family. Um, you may need to start getting creative with using different types of like textured vegetable proteins in your cooking. So it will just require a little bit of a shift and some planning to know where your protein is coming from at each of your meals you know, breakfast, for example, if we're removing things like eggs, Greek yogurt, you know, taking those out, what are we replacing the protein with instead of having those things? Where people can go wrong when it comes to going on to a plant-based diet and winding up under fueled and not meeting all their nutrient needs, it's often because they've just removed the animal foods, but don't really understand the importance of replacing that with something else that's going to give you the same value. So protein is definitely something that we want to be on top of. And also every athlete should know where their protein is coming from. Cause you know, I meet plenty of athletes who eat animal foods that also don't get enough protein. So it's definitely not just a plant-based problem, but there also are some key nutrients, some essential vitamins and minerals that, you know, we want to be intentional about getting those from our plant sources. So calcium is one of them. Iron is another zinc, vitamin B12, choline. These are all things that just are found more uh, readily in meat and dairy products, eggs uh, as well, whereas it's not that they're not found in plant foods. We just need to know where to get them from. What can we eat to make sure we're getting enough of those nutrients? So it's not all about the macros. You know, it's not just all about the carbs, fats, and proteins. There also is a really big role to play for those essential vitamins and minerals. Yeah, no, as you're bringing that up, I, I was thinking, I was like, oh yeah, iron is a big one that I remember we used to be tested all the time as athletes, like 
even if we're plant-based or not, is just like, you know, this essential uh, micronutrient that like so many of us were lacking anyways, never mind, like, you know, if you're trying to make these big switches too. Yeah, absolutely. And the challenge with iron specifically is that we are more able to absorb the iron, the type of iron that comes from animal foods versus plant foods. So we need to consume more iron per day on a plant-based diet because it's harder for us to absorb and get the iron out of the foods. So some of the strategies that we implement to help with absorption would be pairing iron up with vitamin C because vitamin C enhances iron absorption. Some people may, may need supplements of iron in order to get their levels where they need to be. But these are all things that come with knowledge and education and really, you know, working with um, a dietitian that's available to your team or, or someone in your community who can help make sure that your plant-based diet is as optimal as possible. Yeah. No. So these are the things that, you know, I would never even think of. And obviously, you know, like working with a dietitian is like, that's the gold standard, you know, like obviously it's very ideal to work with a dietitian, but is there anything that could help supplement someone who's like trying to learn these things for themselves? What would you recommend someone can like get the knowledge on this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for starters, there are plenty of places, you know, more and more of us, I'll say sort of the, the performance dietitians that are getting more active on social media. Now, if you are an athlete that is looking for high quality nutrition information that's going to be specific to you and your needs, then I would really strongly encourage you to find dietitians to kind of use as those role models and the people that you follow and uh, use their content that you find on social media, because you're going to be able to find people who specialize in your sport. I mean, I've seen performance dietitians that specialize in everything from, you know, young youth athletes. Um, there is one that she only works with baseball players, someone else who works with soccer players, you know, lots of us who work in running, uh, mountain climbing, cycling, triathlon, swimming, you name it, you know, there's all kinds of specialty areas, but you know that you're going to be getting better quality information. Um, of course, with the goal of ensuring that you don't wind up under fueled with that big energy deficiency that we want to avoid for athletes. Um, and as well, you'll get lots of tips and, and recipe ideas and meal ideas to kind of put this all into practice. Yeah, no, I love that tip, especially, you know, there are so many specialty ones now. Um, for instance, I don't think we've mentioned it on the recording yet, but you're located in Canada. And, you know, a lot of my listeners are in the U.S. And so, you know, they wouldn't regularly like find you. But because of social media, you know, you are able to kind of expand your reach there. Um, so I think that's so cool who you can learn from. It is. It is great. You know, having having the sort of virtual practice and having social media growing so significantly, um, it really allows us to find the people that we need to connect with and the people who need us rather than just being, you know, I'll say stuck quote unquote, with whoever happens to be available in your area. So, you know, if you're from a false, a small town somewhere, then there may be one dietitian in town and maybe they don't specialize in sport. They don't necessarily know how to help you uh, as an athlete. Whereas now, of course, with the, you know, big, beautiful internet, we have so many different options of places that we can get information. There's also a lot of really good, um, you know, plant-based eating books out there that are written by dietitians that you can find, again, that are going to sort of get into more detail and more depth on the different nutrients that you need, why you need them, where they come from, how they help your body perform better just an added level of um, information can sometimes increase our motivation to make behavior changes when we know the value of what it's going to help us do. Yes, 
I'm all about the books. I, I read a lot. So I love that. And kind of, as you keep mentioning too, like the motivation behind it, I think that this change is definitely something that you do need to feel motivated to do. But another thing that I've been kind of like wondering about is you said that this idea of healthy eating, right? Like if you want to eat healthier, you have to be more informed, not even just plant-based. So if someone does want to start eating healthier, is this almost like an easier way for them? Like, okay, I'm going to start switching out animal proteins or is it completely separate? Like you wouldn't recommend this route if someone just wants to eat healthier. Yeah. You know, and and really the decision to go plant-based should really only be done out of personal preference, you know, like, and, and some of that personal preference, some of the things that sort of fuel that shift for you in your mindset can come from your personal values. It can come from your personal belief systems or ethics. You know, all of that stuff is going to go into what we consider your personal preferences, but it really needs to feel right to you and you need to do it because you want to. If you're going towards a plant-based diet because everyone on your team is doing it or your best friend is doing it, or you see people on social media that are doing it, but it doesn't feel right to you, then it's probably not going to work out in the long run. So the type of, and and this may be a really frustrating answer to your question, but the type of diet that I recommend for all athletes is one that helps them perform the best that they can and also keeps them healthy, both mentally and physically. That's really all I can say about what a healthy diet for an athlete should look like, because that is truly going to look different for every single person. And that's okay. You know, we're all individuals, we're all unique, and we want to make sure that we're not sort of, um, you know, pushing the same nutrition recommendations or advice on every single person, because this, this one athlete may stick with it and may do really well, but someone else might really struggle. And so we want to make sure that we keep it flexible and keep it personalized. Want to make sure that we're getting enough total energy, right? Getting enough calories in each day is the number one thing for all athletes, especially runners and, and endurance athletes who are needing so much more energy in order to fuel the training that they do. We want the right balance of macronutrients. We want to make sure we're getting enough of our carbohydrates, our fats, and our proteins. And then again, also the vitamins and minerals and all those essential nutrients as well. Yeah. No. So I think just, you know, that biggest component to just keep coming back to is making sure you're not underfueling, making sure you're getting enough to eat, like no matter what it is. Um, and then the other thing kind of with eating and plant-based, which I don't know if you have an answer for this. I feel like this is a big problem to tackle, but if I am like trying to tell myself, you know, I want to eat more plant-based or start cutting out animal protein. I almost feel like I keep almost getting back into that diet mindset of like, oh, well now doesn't this kind of feel a little like keto where I'm restricting myself here. This is kind of like reminding me of counting calories, you know, like these other practices that maybe weren't helping. Um, So I'm wondering if you just kind of had any thoughts on how maybe being vegetarian relates to diet culture, all of that. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, it can for some people, right? And I don't want to make any assumptions about any individual person. I don't want to make any blanket statements about a plant-based diet being good or bad or dangerous or, or that sort of idea. But for, I'll say, the wrong person, Anything can become a diet. Anything can become a new way to restrict our eating. And it can be problematic for people who are at higher risk of disordered eating and eating disorders where, you know, maybe they're not restricting food and portions and calories, but by eliminating animal foods, they're naturally going to have this lower energy diet, which 
you can fill up on big volumes of things like vegetables, but at the end of the day, there's just not that much energy in something like a great big giant bowl of lettuce. <laughs> so it can become for some individuals, not everyone, a way of um, sort of covering up disordered eating behaviors and, and eating disorder uh, tendencies, because visually it can appear that we're eating lots and lots of food, but if we really look at it closely, it's a lot of fiber and maybe not a lot of energy. So the thing about that though, of course, like you said, oh, this kind of feels like keto, or this kind of feels like counting calories, where for the, the wrong person, anything can be turned into a diet. So, you know, there are plenty of people who go on a more plant-based style of eating and their, you know, the healthfulness, the value, the quality of their diet really dramatically increases because they're managing to get all the nutrients they need. If you're in a bad place with your relationship with food and with your body, almost no matter what you, what you go for in terms of what your diet looks like, it can wind up becoming a problem. So it's, it's sort of, again, no one size fits all. Um, but yeah, for, for some individuals going towards plant-based may not come from a great place. Yeah, no, I, I love how mindful, you know, you, you've been with like all of this and, you know, there's obviously never good or bad way to eat or right and wrong. And so I kind of love, you know, how this conversation opens doors of like your motivations, your preferences, like, and just kind of being more knowledgeable, even if you never decide to go plant-based, you know, just having the knowledge of like, maybe this is how other people eat or like, this is out there too. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, the plant proteins that I had sort of shared earlier, that, that short list of different options of, you know, soy foods, tofu, pulses, things like that, you know, yes, they're a great source of plant protein, but they also do contain a lot of really great essential nutrients, vitamins and minerals and things. So even a couple times a week, swapping in a plant protein for animal protein, if you want to, is great great. It doesn't have to be diving in with two feet, sort of all or nothing mindset. Cause you know, we all kind of know at this point that an all or nothing mindset usually doesn't get us very far. So if you want to explore plant-based eating a little bit more then just starting by swapping out, you know, a couple of meals a week and just slowly incorporating it, but it doesn't have to be, okay, you know, flipping the switch. I no longer eat meat or dairy or eggs or fish and, and that's it. So, you know, we can kind of find a nice balance that feels comfortable and sustainable for each of us. Yeah, no, I love that suggestion. I've, I've loved this whole conversation. Is there anyone last piece of advice you'd like to leave everyone with today? Yeah. So, you know, when you're really kind of looking at your best diet as an athlete, the most important thing you can do is ignore what everyone else is doing and really, you know, get clear with what your needs are how much training you're doing, you know, if you're trying to, if, if you're doing two training sessions a day, if you are doing tournaments all weekend, depending on your sport, you know, just understanding what your needs are and finding the best diet that's going to suit that in terms of your energy requirements, your protein, your vitamin and mineral needs, but then also your preferences, how much time you want to spend in the kitchen. You know, not, not everybody wants to spend hours and hours each week cooking. So just making sure that your plan is what's best for you. And then that's the best way, the, the most um, kind of clear way that you'll know that it's going to be a long-term fit. Yeah, no, that is great advice. Thanks so much. Where can people connect with you, Stephanie, learn more about you, all of that? Yeah. So you had asked earlier in the episode, if I was a runner and I never finished and I, yes, I am a runner. So you can find me on Instagram, um, at Steph, the runner's dietitian. 
And then my website you can find me at is www.stephanienatchek.com. Awesome. Yeah. Cause I follow you on Instagram and you're training for your next marathon now, aren't you? Yes, I am today as of recording this episode, I am on day three. So, so, <laughs> far, so good. <laughs> yeah. So follow along. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.